the end of the day, the military is a chapter in your life. If you just put that in the front burner and once that chapter is done, you're going to be standing there by yourself. Hi, this is Captain Adam Morton with the Canadian Army Podcast. And today we're going to do something a little bit different. I've got an old buddy of mine from 2nd Battalion PPCLI, and we're going to talk about different courses that he's done, deployments, maybe talk about what a non-standard career or the journey looks like. Today with me from Gagetown is Corporal Morgan LeBlanc. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you, sir. It's a pleasure to be here. It's always good to catch up with an old Patricia brother. <laughs> yeah, you you know it. So uh, tell us a bit about yourself. Sure. Well, um, I was uh, raised here uh, in the southeast coast of uh, New Brunswick in a small Acadian village. Uh, so this Gagetown here is kind of home to me. I'm uh, 41 years old. Not really sure how old that would make me in infantry years. Like 100. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's right, eh? But, uh, you know, definitely don't feel 41 or, or, or 100 years, that's for sure. You know, this job kind of keeps us fit. So, uh, yeah, it's good. I um, am a proud uh, husband. I got a, a beautiful, strong, independent wife who's uh, been by my side uh, supporting me, celebrating my highest of highs and has been... Uh, you know, supporting me right, you know, without flinching through my lowest of lows. I'm a proud father. I have a daughter and a son who's, uh, you know, they're young adults now, carving their own path into this world. Um, very recently, I became a proud grandfather. Wow. So I got a little granddaughter at home, yeah. So maybe I am getting old. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, it's good. You know, it's uh, other than that, yeah, I'm currently serving at the uh, infantry school. Uh, which is part of the combat training center here in Gagetown. My role there for the last two years has been a photographer and a graphic designer there, which is a surprisingly pretty busy spot. Uh, we we do quite a bit. And um, yeah, that's I would say that's about it in a nutshell. So for people who are listening who might be wondering, like, why this guy? We thought we should talk to somebody who has a solid career in the infantry, but maybe took the non-standard route of just progressing up through the ranks and hitting all the check boxes. And I've known Morgan for quite some time. He's done a lot of super cool things. So let's start off by talking about your time in the Patricias and the infantry. Yeah, sure. So I um, I started the infantry, uh, the Princess Patricia's Canadian Light Infantry, uh, 2nd Battalion in Shiloh. It was in 2006. Uh, I originally came from the reserves. I don't know if you want to talk about that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Let's hear the whole story. Oh, <laughs> all right then. Put on your helmet, son. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I started actually the reserves in 97 uh, as an armored soldier out of high school with the reserves. It was the 8th Canadian Desires Princess Louise's, which is a pretty good regiment. I started there as a Cougar gunner. The Cougar is a, it's not in service anymore, but it kind of looks like a, the initial version of uh, of the LAV that we have today, the light armored vehicle, and it's got uh, you know six wheels instead of eight. It has a Scorpion turret, which is a um, it was a British uh, reconnaissance vehicle, I think. That's how I started my career is as a gunner in, in that Cougar tank. So it was a lot of fun, and I did that for you know went up through the qualifications there from gunner to commander and everything, and stayed in the reserves for about. Uh, but yeah, nine years about, and then decided that I wanted to do something different. I felt like there was something else that was missing as a soldier. So that's why I decided to, to transfer to, uh, yeah, to the infantry uh, in the regular force. 
so from there, once I be- went to Shiloh, I got there in June or July, I think. And uh, we became right away uh, the op reserve, which was like uh, for the task force uh, 306 uh, battle group. Uh, we currently had a company that was out the door as we were coming in. So we became kind of the replacement group, should there ever be a need to replace anybody. And so they got us qualified on pretty much anything that they could, uh, you know, the machine gunner course, any vehicle in the compound that they could qualify us on, and just, you know, a lot of ranges and everything. And then uh, around December, I got picked up to go as a replacement, which uh, was a good, ended up being a really good experience. So I deployed the tail end as Op Medusa was finishing up. Got there in December. And uh, yeah, I think it was around February when we came back. Uh, so I never had never met a company before. Uh, so I just kind of made my way there and they accepted me to the part of the team. And then, uh, yeah, it was good. About a year later, I redeployed again uh, to Task Force 108 uh, with uh, Charlie Company. And I uh, did, uh, I think it was seven months or six or seven months there. And uh, same pretty much area that we were in before. Got to see a little bit of the winter part of uh, Afghanistan in the summer as well, and devolving tactics and how we changed uh, things along the way. But it, overall, overall, it was, uh, you know, we, I think it was positive. We did a lot of good there. After that, I think in 2009, I got the opportunity to go on the uh, U.S. Army Ranger course. Phenomenal experience as well. A good, good gut check, that's for sure. Yeah, gut check. Gut check indeed. You want to talk a little bit about what that was like? Uh, I, I'm sure there are some people out there who are just like, yeah, I want to go on the Ranger course. That sounds super cool. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it's uh, it's probably 10 times more effective than Weight Watchers, for one. <laughs> 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 but uh, no, it was, uh, it was good. It was like, I would say it's about four phases. You got your, the RAP week, the Ranger Assessment week is where they do all your, your selection process. So you got your physical testing so there's like push-ups sit-ups pull-ups running uh, rock marching they test your phobias your water phobia your height phobia that was that was interesting we started the course i think there was like over 400 people there was like companies that forming up and uh we start off with the push-ups and you lose uh, over 100 people right off the bat with push-ups after the first week, if you pass everything, then you go in the derby phase, which is kind of like section level tactics. So you learn their way of doing tactics. And the course is pretty much all patrolling raids and ambush. So it's not, uh, it's all pretty much all green phase. So derby phase is section level. And then the second phase is the, um, is the mountain phase. So then you go into platoon size organization and tactics uh, in the mountains in Dahlonega, which is part of where the Appalachian Trail starts. Then the next phase, the final phase, is the the swamp phase, which is in Florida. <laughs> the best part, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if, uh, you know, you see those movies when, you know, soldiers are walking, you know, in the water through swamps, and it looks all, like, it looks all, like, smooth and badass, but it's, uh, yeah, when you start adding the, the roots underneath that you get caught up in and, <laughs> yeah. and fall in, in the mud, it's, uh, it's not as uh, sexy as it, it looks, that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's kind of the, how it runs the phases. It's uh, 62, 64 days, and uh, there's not really a whole lot of break. You got an eight-hour pass between the derby and the mountain phase, and then you got a four-hour pass between the uh, mountain phase and the swamp phase, and that's about it for for your off time. So there's it's pretty much uh, one straight go. 
and uh, you don't eat a lot, you don't sleep a lot, but it's a, it's, it's a gut check, right? They want to see, they want to try to make leaders that's not going to crumble under pressure. You know, they make you tired, they make you cold. I did mine in February, so, you know, even that, just the element there, like, because uh, you don't really wear jackets, you just wear your combats, and just, so it's uh, up in the mountains, it does that pretty cold. But it was a great experience, you know, I, it was kind of interesting to see how uh, similar the Americans do things as the Canadians. So there was not a whole lot of like, uh, in terms of like how we do things like a frontal and a flanking is as a frontal or a flanking. So there was not, you know, the bowel procedure is, is still kind of relatively the same. You know, there's few things that are different, but overall it wasn't hard to kind of adjust, right? At the end of the day, like when you're doing a patrol at night with your MNVG on, it, it feels like you're just in a patrol with Canadians. You don't really feel that you're any different. The assessment, I really, I think the assessment part was interesting how they, uh, in order to pass, you had to, each phase, you had to do five assessments and uh, you had to have three pass in order to move on to the next one. So after every assessment, so it was all leadership assessment. So either if you're in a uh, section phase, the Derby phase, it, you had to be assessed as a section commander. And then if you were in the mountain or the swamp phase, it was platoon level leadership positions. But then, so when you do your mission, uh, they would debrief you, but they would never tell you if you pass or fail. So you only knew at the very end of the, each phase whether you carried on or not. So that it was, I found it was very interesting in kind of keeping you motivated and not switching off because you don't know, you have no idea if you're going or not. Also adds a little bit of stress level as well because you, you can't shut down. You just have to keep your A game on 24-7 because, you know, you don't want to fail anybody else off of it too, right? But that was a, I think that was a... Really good, a positive experience for me that uh, kind of helped me along uh, my career to kind of, you know, open doors and, uh, you know, and be able to relate to some of the hardships that other people has gone through. So, yeah, and it's, uh, I definitely recommend anybody that's uh, ever have the opportunity to do it uh, for sure. It's, uh, I would strongly encourage it. I like how you said, uh, you know, it helps you relate to the hardships that other people are going through because particularly I think the infantry, you know, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus here, but particularly in the infantry get caught up in our own little mindset of how difficult things are or even outside of the infantry, you know, we have our, I'm a staff officer doing staff officer stuff and sometimes I get frustrated with my, my situation, but it's important to have empathy and can, kind of compassion for your fellow soldiers that are going through their own stuff and no matter what they're going through, you, you got to still kind of be there to support them regardless of what their background is. Well, yeah, exactly. And uh, you have people, uh, even during that course, we had people from all different countries, uh, not just Canadians and Americans. You had people from Colombia and, you know, Czechoslovakia. And for some of these people, it was a whole different world for them. And, you know, to, to kind of help them along was, you know, it was good. Even the hardship that I see here, like some of the young officers coming through the training here at the school during their uh, dismounted uh, platoon commander course, like the 1.1. And, you know, it's a really hard course. And especially with the limited amount of time in that they have, everything they are doing, it, it's relatively new. Like they don't have the background experience that uh, some of us had the privilege to have. So when I go and uh, support these courses, uh, either through as a storeman and now like a photographer or whatever, I kind of see what they're going through and, and you kind of relate to that. And, you know, it gives you a level of respect that uh, also, you know, regardless of their, of where they are in their career, what they're going through, you know, you can kind of relate to that and it gives you a respect that, you know, what they're doing is challenging and it's, uh, you know, something to be proud of. Since we're talking about this, 
Why do you think it's important, I mean, aside from uh, kind of maybe getting perspective on other people's challenges, why do you think it's important to go through these gut check processes? Um, I think it helps you uh, It helps you grow, right? If any time that you're able to, to get out of your comfort zone, that's how you grow. And that's if you always stay where you're comfortable, you will never uh, evolve. And it's kind of like that, that uh, analogy of the lobster, you know, a, a lobster... When he gets big enough, he kind of discards his shell. When he's got enough, another one gets built. And then as long as he keeps growing, he's going to discard his old shell and then, you know, get a bigger one. So it's kind of the same thing for us. If we want to grow, we have to go through hardship and, and some troubles. Otherwise, you'll just kind of stay the same. It keeps you resilient as well. If you're, if you, you know, I wouldn't say challenge yourself 24-7 uh, every day of the year. But uh, you kind of do it in sprints where you you challenge yourself, something that's uncomfortable, something that's stressful, and come back, regroup, you know, uh, refocus, and then, you know, grow from it and then try something else that's uh, that's challenging. So you did the, the ultimate gut check, or maybe not the ultimate gut check, but certainly an ultimate gut check of the Ranger course. Where did you go from there? Uh, from there, I... It was about a year later, I, I got the opportunity to come to Gagetown. For me, this is my home province, so I was happy. I actually uh, wanted to come back here just for just to be close to the family. My wife, uh, at the time we weren't married, but uh, she had stayed here because of her career and stuff. She was here uh, in Gagetown, so we had, were doing a long-distance relationship from Charlotte to New Brunswick. So we would see each other once every three months, and uh, so it was kind of good to be in the same uh area code in the same time zone uh, after like, you know, four years. Uh, so that was so one of the main reasons why I wanted to come to Town. And from here, I just uh, stayed at the school and did various jobs um, from being a driver for courses, uh, being a storeman. It was all about supporting the courses and um, working in the QM and the weapon vaults and that kind of thing. And then two years ago, uh, I have a big passion in photography. So yeah, two years ago, I ended up becoming one of the photographers for the school. For the last close to 10 years, I've been just uh, staying here and uh, yeah, going through various uh, positions here at the school. So you went from like hard charging infantry guy in a battalion, and now you're working out of school and you're doing uh, some QM support tasks. Why why did you make that change? I think for one, it was uh, family I needed to make some changes for the family. We're, we're going through some stuff at home that uh, I needed to be there. That was the main reason I decided to change uh, the pace uh, because at the end of the day, you know, the military is, is a chapter in your life. And uh, if you just put that in the front burner and once that chapter is, is done, you're going you're gonna to be standing there by yourself. So I felt at the time it was important to, you know, to look after that point, uh, that area. And uh, now that I'm here, uh, you know, it just kind of ended up staying here. I'm happy where I am. Yeah, I, I wouldn't regret it. You know, I had to take s- certain sacrifices, but I mean, at the end, it's all worth it. What would you say to a soldier who's maybe feeling like they need a change in pace and they're trying to figure out that challenge of balancing career progression and moving forward versus, uh, you know, other considerations like, you know, you mentioned family and things like that. What would you say to somebody going through that? Huh, that's a good question, eh? <laughs> yeah, I put you on the spot there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's good. It takes a bit of patience and nothing happens overnight. Like you can't all of a sudden, uh, let's say you want to 
kind of put your family first or you want to kind of take a change of pace, it's not a snap of a finger. You got to wait for the system to kind of align itself for you to, you know, to, to support you. So if you're a hard charger in a rifle platoon and all of a sudden you want to change, like it's not like, okay, Monday report here instead, right? So you just have to have some patience. But I find that uh, if you work hard at what you do and and you're part of the solutions, if you're always working harder than you're supposed to be, like that you should, you'll always have people looking after you and willing to fight for you to help you, right? So I would say just, you know, work hard and, and do the best you can and be a, be part of the solution. And when you ask for something, you know, a lot of times people will be more accommodating to help you as opposed to feeling like you don't deserve it. Why do you remain in the infantry trade given kind of the, the change in direction that you've taken? Why not choose a different uh, trade? I've actually thought about that, um, especially being, you know, it's pretty much a image tech position that I'm doing. So I, a lot of people ask me that, why don't you just go image tech? And uh, it's a dream job to be the Peter Parker of the infantry school there. And uh, <laughs> just waiting for my spidey powers to kick in, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've thought about that. And I think right now they're happy what I produce. And uh, it's cool in a way that I know the language. Like if I go on assignment to shoot a course because I know how people react. A lot of times, you know, if you go on a patrol or doing a hasty attack, you could tell they're tired. I can also tell what kind of going through the head because I've been there. And you can also predict where they're going to go next. So because I know their world, uh, it helps me do a good job as well as, you know, when you go in a weapon range, you know the drill, you know where to position yourself. Uh, if I would go image tech and they put me on a Navy boat, I would probably be, you know, quite lost. And I don't know if I would be able to produce what I'm able to do, produce now. I mean, I'm still thinking about it. Maybe one day I will change. But for now, it's uh, working really well for me. And I think my unit is happy with what I do. And, and they're, they're happy to support me in the position here. It's in the back of my head that I think about. But for now, I'm very happy the way it is. I like that you mentioned, you know, how kind of all of these things come together. And earlier on, you were talking about getting support from your chain of command. It takes a little while for the system to kick in. You know, sometimes when we go through a potential life change, you want solutions now. But like, if I look at the story that we've discussed up to this point, I look at my career and how I've gone a little bit off the, the normal path and you've gone off the normal path there are options for you there. And there are also ways that you can use all that experience that you got regardless, even if you're staff officer role or an image tech uh, working out of a school, all of that background material kind of comes together nicely and you can use it to <laughs> plug the army here real quick, but to, to make the army a better place, even though you're not necessarily functioning in that primary role of infantry soldier or armored soldier or whatever it is that you are. No, that's absolutely right. And it's interesting how when you first join, you have an idea of what your career is going to be. Like, you, you know, you you have an idea of what you want your career to look like, you know, as you pick up certain things along the way and certain ideas and certain situation changes, you know. Like if you would have asked me when we used to hang out uh, in the platoon rooms together, if you would have <laughs> told me like, yeah, Morgan, you're gonna be you're gonna be a photographer for the infantry school, I would have laughed at you. I had, yeah, yeah, right, you know. And uh, but it's interesting how I guess yeah the journey or how it, you know, sometimes what 
your career ends up being like is not even close to where you would think, but it's still nonetheless, like I wouldn't change anything. And just because it's not what you envision doesn't mean that it's not right. And doesn't mean that you can't support and you can't do a good job. That's how we evolve. Sometimes you, if you kind of think outside the box and not a cookie cutter, uh, you know, you're going to sometimes new things, kind of new ideas uh, surface and new things, way of doing things will kind of come up. So it's, uh, yeah, it's all good. Well, I can't think of a better note to wrap things up on. Anything else you want to add? Um, the only thing I probably would have said, and I think I just mentioned it before, was, uh, you know, just just be patient in your career and uh, allow things to kind of to shift. And if you always do more than your share work, you'll always have people to, willing to, to help you out, right? That would be my closing statement, I would say. That's awesome. Listen, uh, even more so than I think normal, thanks for taking the time to tell us your story. You know, that's, uh, I think this is like a pretty personal conversation compared to most of the podcasts we do. <laughs> and I really appreciate you coming on the line and all the way from Gagetown and just telling us your story. Oh, it's a real pleasure, sir. It's uh, quite an honor to be given an opportunity like this. I think anybody who's, who's ever asked to come on, on your podcast to do this, I think it, they should definitely do it. It's a big army, but it's a small one at the same time. So it's, uh, it's good that we can all help each other out. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate it. Uh, my pleasure, sir. That was Corporal Morgan LeBlanc working out of the infantry school as a photographer and all-around good infantry soldier. This is Captain Adam Morton for the Canadian Army Podcast. Don't forget to send us your feedback through the email address available in the show notes. And subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever you follow us on. Stay safe and stay frosty.